So um, this is episode 20 of Advance for 10. Welcome to this episode. Welcome to the theme of the show, which is the um, creative adult is the child who survived. And we like to discover kind of how an adult who is creative and putting themselves into the world has been influenced even just a little bit by, by their childhood or um, how they managed to stay creative through times when they weren't expected to be creative in some ways. Um, I don't know. And in this episode, <laughs> I want to introduce you to Sarah Jeffrey. And I'm already laughing because Sarah and I don't know each other. <laughs> and um, I know her because she put a call out to the community. She needed denim for an art project. And welcome to this show, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so, so glad you're here. To be here. Yeah, this is a, a really good feeling already. We got to have like a half an hour pre-production meeting here <laughs> trying to get to know each other a little bit. <clears throat> and I did go onto the Jackson Hole Public Art uh, site to kind of try and figure out what you're into. And I couldn't figure it out at all because the last installation has not been taken down for the specific project mm -hmm. that you're working on. Mm -hmm. And this is a public art project. And um, again, so Sarah needed denim. She needed jeans and really wasn't any explanation except for that you had a commission. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't really tell us what you were going to do. So, and you certainly don't have to now. There can be a reveal, which is happening soon. No, I'd love to get into it. Yay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Tell us all about it. So the, the post that you're referring to is on our Facebook community page for Teton Valley in Idaho. And I was getting the call out for denim jeans. Um, this specific project that I've been hired for through the Jackson Hole Public Art and the Jackson Hole Art Association um, is called the Art Spot. That's right. It's a vertical billboard in essence. It's on the side of Broadway Avenue in downtown Jackson, right across from Carnes Meadow Drive. Um, it's a really cool space. It's six feet wide by 10 feet tall and double-sided. Uh, so drivers on both sides of the highway can see it. But if you are entering Jackson, it's on the left-hand side. If you're leaving, it's on the right, gotcha. just to give you a little place <laughs> and space. Uh, my project specifically is based around nostalgia and community, which I think is a, a through line theme of most of my art. But this project is gonna be a 70s style Ford ranching truck with a little dog in the back peeking over the side. I see a lot of trucks like this um, just in driving through the area. I see a lot of them broken down in fields or on the road. There are dogs always in the benefit of trucks. <laughs> there's always a dog. And there's a really big ranching heritage in the area of farming in general. And denim is the staple fabric of that. Yeah. So when I saw the call for artist posts on Jackson Hole Public Arts website, it said that they had an emphasis in recycled materials that they that they um, would put priority onto. Not necessarily priority, but they would pay special attention to applicants that had recycled materials mm -hmm, used. Mm -hmm. 
And I have just started really dabbling in recycled materials. And I had just done um, a 60 style truck, kind of abstract with denim as a gift for my mom. And I, I loved it. And I liked the way it turned out and how it looked. And I thought, wouldn't this be a great project to marry all of these elements, in- elements yeah. and interests of mine into? <clears throat> um, right. And so getting as many community member donations as I can would really fuel that in order to tie in real members of the community now that are in the area and the heritage and history of the area really pay homage to to everything that kind of Jackson's been built from and I hear you know as not as I'm not a native or local to the area but as like in in conversation I hear people saying like that maybe the area is getting away from where it started yeah and so it's a little bit of like a hat tip back to Total times. Yeah. And I, okay. So the materials, um, denim, what else? Denim. And I've gotten some, so it's going to have a, a wood backing. Nice. Okay. And um, Historic Woodworks in Tetonia has been kind enough to donate materials, um, some of their discards that they may not be using. So I'm repurposing that wood. And that'll be the backing for the um denim that will be stretched over top of it i see as well as soda cans and a bunch of other good stuff but i'm still in the construction process of all of it so it's very tbd take everything (laughs) take everything with a grain of salt until you see it up (laughs) because whatever problem solving you have to do along the way right absolutely who knows what might come into play yeah and so i this is by the end of October will be installed. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Around Halloween. Okay. Yeah, that's my date. Sarah, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. I mean, that's great visibility. Yeah. And that's the the purpose of the art spot through Jacksonville yeah. Public Art is to give artists that may not have recognition otherwise outside of their own studios, uh, kind of like a platform to showcase what what they do and what their style is. And so I couldn't be more grateful that I have this opportunity. Yeah. It's really wonderful. And so I understand that you grew up in the East. You grew up in Maryland. And in fact, you um, do have a college degree, but it's got nothing to do with art, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is 100% acceptable on my end. You know, <laughs> um, it's whatever you need to do at the time. But um, you kind of indicated to me that you were harboring this sense of creativity from for a long time, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily putting anything into the world, but kind of feeding yourself on a personal level mm-hmm. with your own creativity. So when did that start? Was that something mm-hmm. you've always carried? My earliest memory with that type of, um, I guess there is an element of stubbornness in it that my first memory with that feeling was um as a child I was probably like four or something and my pappy my dad's dad he was a really talented painter um I don't know what specifically he worked in but he did he did everything and he had a little studio in the back of their house and he was teaching me how to paint and told me when I colored outside of the lines that I did it wrong <laughs> and I swore 
to never, I remember in that moment being like, I'll never do art the way somebody tells me I need to be doing it. Oh my God, and you were four. And I was so, so, I was small, (laughs) yeah. And I I just didn't want to feel compared to someone else. And even as a kid, I was like, you know, even if it was a a mistake in quotations to be going out of out of the lines like who's to say even right that it was a mistake it's right. art isn't that the point of art and why couldn't a bush be blue you know yeah and a tree be orange mm-hmm. and now in my paintings everything is colorful hey probably not the exact palette that it should be but that's my prerogative. Right. And, and that what, should be every other artist. What medium do you work in when you're using the pen? Acrylics mostly. And I really like oil pastels. Sometimes I'll do pen and ink. Um, but now I'm working with recycled materials. And now I just am excited because I don't feel super limited to a medium. And it's a construct that I've built up in my own head. But it's also trial and error. Yeah. I went through a phase of oil paint and it was the worst. I hate using mineral spirits. <laughs> You're like, this is just a pain. Yeah. So how I can get my ideas down in a, in like a kind of a quick manner, because I feel like I lose my ideas quickly, um, is, is important to me. Yeah. That efficiency. Nice. And so so in fact, you're moving from um, kind of like an expected medium, or it would be easier to say I'm painting into a 3D mm-hmm. um, thing where you're doing um, found object, which is more recycled mm-hmm. um, stuff. And and what does that feel like, Sarah? Do you feel like you have to tap into some kind of new AutoCAD thing in your brain to kind of envision a um, more something more like that's not on a canvas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're using your neural pathways in a different way now. Yeah, to address what what the result is going to be. Mm-hmm. And what does that feel like? Do you want to stay there for a while, or you, yeah, we, in this medium? Yeah, it just mm-hmm. uh, just in the tangible. We're in the I'm building space. this thing. I mean, it's so different from you know applying paint to canvas. It's definitely intimidating. Oh, okay. It's a a different kind of mindset to be in because there are so many elements that go into it. For instance, with the art spot project I'm working on currently, there's, there's wood, there's waterproofing sealant that I have to consider. Like there's, there's a clear, I'm going to be working with an exterior painter to have him spray down the project with a clear coat, like UV protecting paint. Um, and that's a much different headspace to be in um, logistically and creatively than it is to just have a big piece of unstretched canvas and go out into nature and, you know, throw down paint on whatever I'm feeling like that right. day. Right. Yeah. And so you're you're also working on a kind of di- a whole different level of problem solving as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so from your um, four-year-old incendiary awakening, <laughs> where, you, where you said, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> That's been my MO, my whole life. <laughs> you, you run a theme for your whole life uh, yeah. against that, which I love. But, um, and then kind of leaned into your other talents, which are in sciences of ecology. Mm, yeah, I majored in environmental studies. Okay. Um, I've always had a deep interest in in the environment and nature, um, but not as scientific as the, as an environmental science degree, maybe. 
um, human interaction and human relationships with their environment has always informed me of my own place in the world and how I perceive things and also how I believe other people perceive things without spiraling too much into the <laughs> into the hypothetical of someone else's perspective sure sure okay um yeah so my environmental studies degree was uh it was by and large um not something that I wanted to do which is a very privileged take on it and I apologize for if I offend anyone <laughs> but um yeah I just really didn't I didn't want to waste money going to school for a degree that I wasn't sure I wanted a career in. And then I ended up, you know, discovering a new side of myself as a student. Um, I was not an applied student through grade school whatsoever. I didn't care about it. Um, I just wanted to finish. And then when I went to college, I realized that I had a part of myself left to prove I see. to myself. And yeah. so I, I worked really hard and I am really proud of my time in school. And I wanted to use that time to learn about things that I wouldn't be able to once I got out of college sure. as readily. Um, and I read a lot of beautiful books and Barbara King Solver is someone that I take a lot of inspiration from still. And Wonderful. I was first introduced to her at St. Mary's College of Maryland, where I went by my professor, Barry Muchnick, who went on to be my advisor for my senior project. And it was such a blessing to have that project because I was given so much freedom to do what I wanted. And that's where I first dabbled in public art. Great. All right. So and what that what was that about? And then Man, I love that you attached your your love of art to something as wonderful as that woman's words. Um, her lyricism and mm -hmm. writing is just um, kind of a standalone thing. Mm -hmm. um, nobody writes like her. No, and she's so varied in yes. the types of of written just publications that she has. Her poetry is some of my favorite that I've read in my life. Nice. <laughs> she's and she's just an inspiring lady i mean she she took her whole family and moved them to virginia and started this homestead and that's the novel that she wrote on based on those experiences is what i read mm -hmm. in my senior year of college about how to how to homestead and what those experiences are like and besides art i mean that's a big dream of mine is to be at least semi-self-sufficient yeah. and grow a lot of my own food and sure commune with the land a bit more <laughs> and, and so did that influence your senior project let's talk about that it was your yeah. your first um kind of baby step into public art mm -hmm. and then seriously Sarah, this is me getting to know sarah i have no idea i googled you i went on facebook <laughs> i failed it doesn't exist <laughs> she's a phantom but yet she's here and yeah. so have, pleased to have you and um, I love that you spent time, you know, in this kind of higher education environment in mm -hmm. order to take the opportunity to learn something that you would never have time for mm -hmm. as a working adult. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, I feel like it probably attached you more to your love of creativity. Yeah, definitely. Because the natural world is such, it's the, 
I feel like every person I interview, whether it be for print or for this podcast project, um, there's a love of nature there. Mm. And we're talking about, I don't necessarily always interview visual artists. I've interviewed a couple of musicians, some chefs, some chefs, some culinary artists. And I don't know, there's something about um, connection in, in the universe and through people and, but also through nature and the nature thing is one of the most anchored themes that I can find mm -hmm. among the visual artists, especially, yeah. especially here um, in this uh, Teton region of the, of the United States. Um, I, I, I never want to say we're from Jackson Hole, but truly the neighborhood is very extensive. Mm -hmm. What are we in a 50 mile radius where we yeah. just kind of have to be like, it's not all the same, but it's all connected. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're 10 minutes from the Wyoming state line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then our own, um, kind of ski resort that you have to come to Idaho to get to is actually in Wyoming. Yeah. Cause you come yeah, into Idaho, Idaho and then you leave Idaho again. And I'm like, we're, you know, don't sneeze. You'll miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and so your senior project, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I worked at a bakery in in the historic St. Mary City, which is just adjacent to the campus. It's technically on the campus. Gotcha. Um, it was the first place that settlers landed in Maryland. And it was actually the first capital of Maryland before they moved it to Annapolis. So there's a lot of history there. And there was a bakery that unfortunately just closed, but it was so great. Um, when I was there, it's uh, it was um, sugar. How do you put it? They were all like leavened breads, mm. and it was like a, a very traditional bakery in terms of like the process behind the food. Um, sourdough was rube is the name of the owner and founder and head baker he he had a fantastic sourdough starter nice. and just did um croissants and baguettes and then went into sandwich making it was it was a fabulous bakery so artisanal really it was definitely. yeah that's a great word <laughs> thank you you're welcome <laughs> that's <me>, lady writer <laughs> um he he did such a fantastic job and I was his second employee that he hired. So I had a great time learning about baking and uh, the food process and then was there when he started to make sandwiches and started to incorporate other ingredients that he went so painstakingly sourced locally. And that was a really big deal to him, which I respected him Wonderful. a lot for his, yeah. his wife and partner was a an environmental studies nice. and science professor as well at the campus so they were right next to each other and um I realized quickly that even though the the ingredients were being sourced locally they weren't being composted or necessarily like you know thrown out in a very like responsible way responsible thoughtful way yeah yeah um, and there was a campus farm that was a quarter mile down the road. Uh -huh. So I started a compost pile there and I started taking all the food scraps that the organic food scraps from the bakery just down the road and started a garden plot. And then I ended up extending the, the project to have, um, a film experience at the campus farm where we showed the last honey hunter with Renan Osterk in it, um, 
uh, Nat Geo movie. So it was, it was very multifaceted. And then I started to realize that maybe people that were composting didn't understand what could be composted. And so I kind of started to tap into that anthropology interest that I had and realize, you know, maybe I should survey my campus community. So my dad, who is a a talented um, and like skilled craftsman and wood woods worker, (laughs) he um, came down and helped me build this chalkboard. It was a portable chalkboard. We put wheels on it and I rolled it around campus (laughs) and wrote, um, I spray painted with chalk paint. um, What can I compost dot, dot, dot. And wrote down, um, well, excuse me, I didn't write down. I put a line, a bunch of lines um, on it for people to write what they could be confused about composting. Sure. And there were definitely like funny answers because it was a bunch of college kids. There was like the Declaration of Independence and (laughs) some valid things too. And I responded to all of those in a campus-wide email. Nice. And that was, it wasn't an art piece, an extravagant art piece by any means, but it was something that I realized I could make and connect with my community with, and then use that to inform other people or inform myself or you know in this case it was to graduate college sure (laughs) but I never ended up I mean with all that being said I never took an art class while I was in college wow but you what were you doing with your creativity while you were going through those studies on a personal level what were you doing before before you started, which by the way, I love that you put yourself into the world, Sarah, and in, invited people into this, like that was the first thing you did. That that's really brave. <laughs> I mean, because it's a difference between like journal writing and submitting a piece, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. like you can be a writer for a really long time and not truly understand that that's the truth about you. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't want anyone to think just like your your crayon moment. I don't want anyone to think. Uh, I don't want anyone to have an, anyone in their life that they're listening to that's saying um, you're not a writer because you're not published. Mm. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. You're not an artist because you haven't sold a piece of art. Yeah. And so, yeah, to be able to kind of put together what you did and and also to teach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you basically did extended education by rolling around this. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate. Well, I think it, t- to your first point, I think a lot of people tell themselves that they're not an artist yes. because they haven't done it. And I mean, you could have the most supportive family in the world, but have so much self-doubt that it's crippling your your chances of even taking that step and doing that thing that scares you. Yeah. Um, and I still feel that way mm-hmm. um, about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> about ordering coffees in crowded rush, crowded <laughs> coffee shops and what have you. But um, yeah, I come from two, two educators. My parents are both educators, both professors in their own fields. My dad in geography and my mom in public health. Gotcha. Um, so I've had this emphasis on education my whole life. Um, that's not to say I want to be an educator. Right. <laughs> right. Um, 
But during that time, during during my college years, I was doing a ton of reflecting, um, a lot of trying to prove to myself that I can do this thing, experiencing my first heartbreak mm. and traveling a lot. And that's, I, I almost felt like I was losing my creativity in those years because I wasn't indulging in it as much, but also understanding that it's a lifelong thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. never going to lose it. And it was time for something else to take precedence and that's okay. Um, and that feeds it too. Absolutely. Even if you don't feel or like you're actively doing something, everything you're doing is a matter of marinating on what, on what is possible. Mm-hmm. But you're not actively thinking about it. You know, you're traveling and you're absorbing and mm-hmm. and to move around too, I think, that it feeds the creative muscle so much to have mm-hmm. um, your peripheral in, in movement. And like, I think the subconscious mind is is as important, if not more important, than your conscious mind. Yeah. Um, That's tap- not getting enough sleep is so healthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep going, but yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's true. It is. Um, and I think resting in that space is is what's gonna maybe help you in the long run even if at times it can be masked as depression or it can be masked as um a nice traveling trip with your friends a nice long road trip i currently live in my car by choice and um you know there's a lot of moments where you know, not not forcibly with road tripping, but in general, where you're wondering, why am I doing this thing? Yeah. And later down the line, you revisit that experience and you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that thing. Or, you know, there are, mom- there are times where I'll like think about what thoughts in my head I kind of want to get rid of. And not that you really can, but I'll stick on, I'll like hang on to one thought mm. in particular and be like, you know, I'm not really ready to get rid of this yet. And I'll revisit it so much later and be like, oh, I'm glad that I kept this around. Like, I'm glad that I had this experience and I'm glad that I traveled and cried my eyes out the whole time or yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I did that photo series. And like, even though I never showed anyone, now it's something to look back on and inspire me for future projects. And, you know, it's not art alone that you find that in. No. It's just life. <laughs> yes, it's, it's in the living. And it's in um, the kind of people you surround yourself with and how you treat mm. your solitude. Mm. Yeah, Which, absolutely. you know, solitude is um, not another word for loneliness. Mm-hmm. It's a more of a sacred word. It's like a there is sacred space within solitude. And... Um, for the creative types, you know, it is often hard to be sustained just by your own fuel in that space, because wouldn't you love to turn around and there's someone standing there and they're like, wow, good job. Right. <laughs> right. I've been All thinking that about validation. Dude, I've so been thinking nice. about this so much lately, Sarah, um, that I live without it and yeah. I'm still, I feel good. I'm okay with that. That's um, fantastic. It would be nice. I feel like that's, I feel like there's life and then there's bonus life. <laughs> well, what you mentioned about having a good circle. Yes. Good people Support, around you. Honesty. You up, honesty, especially. Um, I think it's easy, you know, to feel like maybe you don't have the biggest circle. You don't have as many friends as you want or 
you don't have a community in a in a new place and that's That's intimidating and it's it's so crucial to have those people whether it's just one person you know or a handful three people um and you know having them to support you but also understanding that they're not going to give you the validation that you crave I don't think anybody really is I think you're going to get it from yourself and it's a lifelong thing I have not gotten there I'm I'm 24 and I'm not there yet (laughs) but um that's why I I believe nature is such a through line in artists Mm -hmm. is because nature is so diverse so there's just so much abundance that you can derive inspiration from or you can go and just feel cleansed Mm -hmm. and feel grounded and and it is not just the view it is a feeling right Mm -hmm. I mean that's why people take off their shoes and put um, foot to soil earthing do the earthing and the grounding which I'm a big fan um I don't don't do that nearly enough and then there are the times when you like hug the wrong tree and find out you're actually allergic to it (laughs) which happened to me no in Sedona Arizona I went up to a mesquite tree and I was like look at the bark on this thing and I was just like like, touching it and boy I love trees and then I was in an Albertsons like signing a thing for the the really hardcore Claritin (laughs) putting like a a moist cloth on my face for the swelling. <laughs> I'm not allergic to anything. Yeah, so that's not the one that I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, I get oh, you. And, oh, God, it was hilarious. Because I just like taught my... It was just a lesson about myself, which I can't help yeah. it. The answer is I can't help it. But have you in nature like been... It, you go into nature alone and you mm. feel a, it's almost like a different experience yes. than if you were, would, were to be with people or if you were to be alone in a different environment. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And because on an individual level, you experience it um, and it's just so personal. I feel it's, nature is very personal. Mm. And at the top of what I was trying to say before, I was laughing at my own jokes. Um, you know, it's not just the view. It's is there water in the background? What are you hearing a bird song? What does the air feel like? Yeah. What does it feel like? And, you know, being able to expose yourself to that um, enough to reap the benefit. It, it is a, it's a priority we overlook in, in our modern times and our handheld devices, which I'm guilty of that as well, you know, mm-hmm. but um, know what you have to do to make a living. Understand that if you're creative, do it, even though you're not getting paid for it. Do it because it feels good. Go to the source of what you love. And nature mm-hmm. is so much of an anchor and a foundation in that regard. I, I mean, and I mean, I tend to, I love driving State Line Road in our little valley. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly one. because I have this really large vehicle that I'm like, must be muddy because I don't do anything else. <laughs> I'm not going to go forward. Okay. Um, but also to also on a mountain bike, a state line road. It's nice and level and you're just there to get dirty. Yeah. But um right off Jason off that is um a little uh, kind of like canyon. Um and going there and just pulling over sometimes and putting your feet in the water, any kind of running water. Yeah. You know, um so yeah, I try to seek those things out, but you the know, stimulation yeah. to your body is yes cleansing it is and invigorating at times absolutely and um i mean john Mayer, i love that guy that crazy scotsman and he's always kind of like hey you know so some kind of quote which i can't um 
pull out right now, but it really has has to do with like, hey, if you're not feeling good about it, just go into nature for a week. Yeah. But just do it. <laughs> and I'm like, that's yeah. easy for you to say you're wearing a loincloth or something, you know, because he was wild. But um, but yeah, it's good, still good advice. And I don't know when he said it, what, 1900 something. And so, yeah, people overlook it. We argue about nature as a political point. Um, we politicize the gift. It's very odd to me. Let's stop talking about it and walk into it, is what I like to say. Yeah. And paint about it. And paint about it. <laughs> yeah. See, so you need a website. <laughs> I do have a website. Damn it's it. just not, um, I don't like put it out there. It's more just a portfolio site. Okay. Love it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have the biggest career as an artist yet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Manifesting it, but um, I am slowly and surely putting myself out there as it feels comfortable. I, for some reason, feel very stubborn on wanting it to be organic mm -hmm. to myself and um, not forcing it. You don't because, want to push too hard. Yeah. Okay. Because then I if I get too in my head about needing to monetize my creativity, then it's not going to be authentic right. or genuine to myself anymore. Hi, Sarah. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, I, <laughs> that's also the part of validation we were talking about too, right? Because mm -hmm. if you think you're, if you're thinking about monetizing and you're thinking about what other people think, mm -hmm. you are, so you are externalizing the process. Yeah. And the process is, internal and it is based on your own personal experience it's deeply personal it's not about what yeah. this person thinks about how you're manifesting it in any way and i had and i'm you really hope it doesn't have anything to do with money at the same time you're like maybe i should create a business model just so i know mm -hmm. i'm selling prints over here i gotta keep track of that if mm -hmm. i get that far whatever i'm doing but i think what you're going through is just it is you know like you said you're stubborn about wanting it to be organic. And I'm like, but you only know yourself and you know your comfort level, right? But do I know myself? Ah, <laughs> and also, who said it? But it's like, you're never going to be ready face the fear anyway. And yeah. you're already doing that. You live in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Much to my parents' dismay. Yeah. You're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. She Everything's dog fine. in my neighborhood all the time. Yeah. Everything's cool. She looks well dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean you have a point touche <laughs> um and i'm still discovering parts of myself and um reassociating with the world you you mentioned like looking at screens and slash needing validation and that mm -hmm. i think is it's almost like this crumbling pillar of my generation and the one coming up is that like there is such an emphasis on social media and validation through what you put out into the world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also catering what you're putting out to make it likable. Yeah, that's the truth. And radicalizing that that mindset for me has been a process on learning how to be on social media and then relearning it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've unfollowed everyone. I don't want to know what you're doing. I don't, I need to worry about myself and maybe that's just a phase for mm -hmm. me. And, um, you know, but really 
establishing who I am on a personal level and not worrying so much about who other people think I am. I love that. Yeah. And, like, and putting that out through my art. Yes. Um, yeah. But trying to make money off of it at first was a really, and still it's, it's not, um, it doesn't feel healthy all the time. Right. Um, it doesn't feel like I'm getting the same mental reward in terms of discovering that piece of myself when I need to do it because someone's paying me versus I need, I want to do it because I'm in such a gorgeous place or I'm feeling these big feelings or I need to work through this heartbreak or I need to figure out the relationship with my family. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a lot of like little self-discovery journeys that have been going on with myself over the past few years and making art based around that has felt really, really good. And I think has led me to a place where I finally have gotten a commission (laughs) that I can, I can live, live for a couple of months and make it and then hopefully see it on the side of the road. Yeah. I'm so excited for that. And, um, yeah, I think that you, I, I love, um, how you describe your journey and keeping it so personal and yet here you are doing public art. I mean, wow. It's just such a different feeling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you have a gallery representation, that's one way to do it. Um, if you want to do it for the sake of doing it and then, you know, you never monetize it, who cares? Because that's, there's a whole reason why there's art therapy, Sarah, because people discover themselves within their own creativity mm-hmm. and Absolutely. it can be a very healing and excruciating yep. because um, self-examination is tough, but um, employing your creativity through those things. I mean, it's just a wonderful way to grow. And um, after this talk, we're going to discuss um, your website. <laughs> <laughs> you can help me out. <laughs> I'm like, here's my card. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that it's, um, but it is so personal, as we keep saying, as we keep coming back to that here. Um, and, and it is what, what am I afraid of sometimes is what you have to mm-hmm. ask yourself. Yeah. And many different phases of your life, your fears are different, mm-hmm. you know, and you hope you gain wisdom. But, you know, just having the um, courage and the bravery to put it out there, kid, like, I just, that's so great. And and I mean, I had a corporate career before I became a writer. And now I'm a, I'm a freelancer who is juggling up to five to six contracts at a time, which ranges anywhere between like social media to um, writing for print magazines to um, doing editorial work for an online content, blah, blah, um, anything I can. Um, I'm writing the whole time. It doesn't feel like... Um, it doesn't feel like an obligation. It feels like what I want. And that's the goal, wasn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who know me and love me and care about me say things to me like, you're always working. And I'm like, well, even when I'm not working, I'm working. So I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Do and you feel like all of your jobs that you've been contracted out from have taken away from your personal creativity? Or do you think? No, because I have it? this podcast. <laughs> and because I still get to pitch to magazines who want to write about creative people and, and I get to cover artists still, mm-hmm. you know, and so 
I literally could toe the line and just keep kind of taking in contracts that had to do with like, I'll make this much a month, much a month because I, I have an agreement with somebody and it means I have to do 12 social media posts. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's really formulaic and it's part of my income, but I still have relationships with, um, magazines and artists and, um, that's that's my passion i think is to write about the artist and the struggle we all share the struggle sarah and all it really comes down to our humanity really and often people don't recognize it because they don't know their own inner artist um but come on you guys <laughs> i mean even a macaroni necklace has impact and, but i mean look at picasso he went through so many different oh my god of art that and crazy I mean, guy that's uh, the truth. One of my favorite artists is Henry Matisse, though. Oh, like, oh, I love yeah. him. He's the best. Yeah, yeah. And I'm from Baltimore, and the Baltimore Museum of Art has a huge collection of Matisse works through the Cohen sisters. Nice. Um, oh. They donated a, a bunch of stuff that they had collected over the years. I think they had a relative, or maybe the, themselves um, were friends with Matisse. Right. So he would give them pieces and purple robe with anemones oh I've had spiritual moments with that piece <laughs> sitting in the BMA and just there's a bench right across from it and I would sit there and I've sketched it and I've cried at it but oh, wow. <laughs> finding those little those little pieces of art or it doesn't have to forcibly be art it could be a cool rock or something but I mean come on you connect right? with yeah and film I mean, cinema connects us. Yeah, music. And music. Um, music is such a gift. Creeks that you put your feet in. Yes, on State Line Road or near State Line Road. And um, God, when did I last put my feet in? It's going to get too cold to do it now. <laughs> cold plunges are, are hey. a form of therapy, too. I've heard that. Hmm. I'll go into the woods here sometimes and just get in a creek. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you one bit, lady. And you are about to, um, after the commission is through, which I can't, I'm excited for that. Wait, it's, and it's, and it's there for a year. Yeah. An entire year, Sarah gets to have this position where her art is seen by tourists and locals and mooses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the moose, especially. The moose, especially. Yeah. They show their appreciation in such phenomenal ways. Um, <laughs> And uh, then you are going to have uh, knee surgery. Yes. Right. Yeah. And Sarah and I talked a little bit about um, kind of the recovery process when you kind of, you, you're not necessarily, you're not falling down in life, but you anticipate this <laughs> or sure unexpectedly like something goes wrong mm -hmm. and you're actually not really mobile enough to even care for yourself properly. Mm -hmm. um, this can happen at any age for many different reasons. And, um, but what I loved about the sentiment and how you talked about it was that you already know you're going to get something out of it. Like it's going to be really hard mm -hmm. um, and you're going back to Maryland to face it, but what is your art going to be like after? Oh and how goodness. are you going to process it while it's happening? Who's to say in advance, but I, I, know. Am, I am looking forward to what I'm going to be feeling and how that'll influence what I would create out of it. Because with, a surgery and recovery comes a lot of pain, a lot of relearning things, mental blocks that you're getting over. And also with it comes some beauty. You get a chance to rest. Um, you get 
you know, it's hard to find the beauty. <laughs> but they're gonna find it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have a, a wonderful family that's been a really great support system through through these surgeries. It's something that I've gone through before it's torn ACL and meniscus. Um, thank you, skiing. <laughs> the sport that keeps on giving. <laughs> I love skiing. Um, I wish I hadn't torn my ACLs because I'm missing the season. But it's um, it's definitely a process. It's a mental battle to find like silver linings through yeah through um recovery. But the relearning process of like relearning feelings in your body is it's really beautiful. I got a surgery in. June at the end of June I believe and it was it was tough um mentally I think more even more than it was physically just getting back in touch with um how my body was feeling and also like getting over just mental obstacles in terms of like going downstairs again and all that yeah stuff so I mean I'm grateful that I have a support system to yes. help me out with it. I'm grateful that I can get the surgery in the first place. Sure, and yeah. um yeah, my heart goes out to anyone struggling with a with an injury right now or chronic disease, what have you. But um relearning how to feel physically has informed my journey, relearning how to feel emotionally. And that d- directly informs all of my art. I think mm-hmm. a lot of my art is really colorful because I use different colors to articulate different feelings. You're taking it all in. It's all Mm -hmm. connected. There's a way to understand and recognize that. Don't forget it, you Mm -hmm. know? And wow, I'm so grateful that you pointed out. Um, I like to celebrate beginner brain because I, you know, that's that's where when you're learning or creating, that's the space you want to be in because there is no failure. You're yeah. learning, and so it's all a mystery. And mm-hmm. and you, if you love it, wow, keep going, keep learning. Mm-hmm. But to be in like beginner brain in relation to your body, mm-hmm. and like I know how to do this, but I can't do it right now, and I have to start over and figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, shifting your brain in a different way to understand the mechanics of your own vessel. Mm-hmm. Wow, and how you move through your space. Yeah. Um, and what that space around you feels like, uh, it's, yeah, it's All huge. And then yeah. finding out based off of where you've healed, where you feel free. Yeah, I love that too. Oh my goodness. Huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, there's so many things that can happen in life to affect you physically, mentally, and spiritually. And um, when you're recognizing that it is all connected and Healing through things will benefit all three and the people around you and your art. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I go to church if it was like that. Yeah, right. Oh my. Um, yeah, the church of art. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I commune with the spirit. So do you think you will apply for more commissions now? I mean, let you know, let's set aside what you're facing. Um, it will feed your creativity in some way. Um yeah, the process can be painful, but on the other side, Sarah, I mean, like I said, you're like kind of keeping it quiet. How much you love to channel your your um, 
inner world into art and all of a sudden you're just you're in public art and I'm just like <laughs> dude it's in front of everybody <laughs> yay you um so thank more of you. that more of that please. yeah yeah thank you yeah I'm really excited about the future um I'm gonna see how this commission goes and yep, yep. and hope it all turns out great and that's what I'm planning on um and then see what doors or windows or trap doors or attic crawl spaces might open up for me after I after I install it and um the future will be what it is I'm gonna focus on getting healthy after this installation and then keep being creative it's never gonna stop even if there's um even if there's a plateau or an interruption an interruption yeah. yeah or maybe a conscious choice to stop creating for a while I think that's healthy too yeah I think go with your own rhythm and, tr and trust yourself trust your impulses and you know take take chances yeah yeah definitely thank you Sarah so much this has been such a pleasure thank you Jen yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right and we figured out we're kind of neighbors and so you know maybe we can have a beer before you leave absolutely or, oh my god lift a glass when that thing goes live which I is know. in a couple weeks three weeks or something I'm gonna hit that donated um sugar sorry Mark Matt, <laughs> Matt. Matt. <laughs> sorry Matt. I'm gonna hit that donated um lift tower from Jackson Hole with a pizza or with a bottle of champagne that's right <laughs> oh, oh my god let's do it okay all right well enjoy your day and i will catch up with you later on all of the stuff you need to do to get your website going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not gonna let me live that down uh, well, i'm not gonna try to earn any money i just want your art to be out there <laughs> thank you jen i appreciate you having me so much oh, i'm so glad you said yes sarah take care thank you audience and matt our distant um, producer who comes in like a, a phantom and fixes everything. <laughs> Cheers. Advanced Pretend is a podcast produced by Nine Stories Creative Podcast Studios, created by Jen Ryan, executive produced and edited by Matt Jackson. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.